Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. Man, I got to tell you, I uh, the earlier portion thing that I did, the interview, I didn't know how to start it because I didn't have somebody yelling, Ricky, 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 at me. I was just like, should I just do that to our guest? Like, should I just do his name like that? I was lost, man. And you'll hear it. Like at the beginning, I'm just like, oh, hey, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm really uh, happy. I'm really happy to get your usual intro, man. Thanks. And what's I up, love that. How you doing? I love that uh, Carolina Dad, our, one of our podcast friends, uh, responded. He was like, Alex, you're still doing the Ricky, Ricky, Ricky thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, man, dude, it took so long to get the volume and pitch specifically right for that. Right. I can't do it with anything else. Like, I just got to nah, keep man, on going. We put in enough work with that that that's, that's here to stay, you know. <laughs> yeah, I remember the first time I did it, it like, like went too high and it didn't catch in the mic. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, now no, it's like, it was like the first two or three episodes that like you would catch the first Ricky and then it would just be you like pantomiming. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to do like a voiceover for it. Ricky, Ricky, yeah. Ricky. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love it. Oh man. It's so good to be back doing this again, man. It's like it the last couple of weeks of like being sick and moving and baby stuff and birthdays and all that good stuff yeah uh well well this all great it took us away from having having this uh That's so right. now we do we came back hard though with some yeah look at us man interviews uh you'll see uh, for everybody that's listening right now if you haven't checked it out our dj chark interview is awesome we had so mm-hmm. much fun doing it dj chark yep. is the man um yep. i I highly encourage you to listen to it. You get a lot of good information from him that you probably won't get anywhere else. And the, only, the information that you didn't get from him, we had Mike K on uh, earlier this morning. It'll it'll be out before this one, most likely. And uh, I encourage you to check that one out because anything that DJ didn't say, Mike K said it uh, with Ricky. Um, so, man, a lot of good stuff uh, happening. A lot of excitement within yep. the organization, weirdly, even though yeah. we're 0-6. And makes yeah. me excited. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, though, man. Like, we talked about it with DJ, right, on the show. The bye week just gives you a reset. And, yeah. and sometimes that's necessary not just for the team and the players, but it's necessary for the fans, too. So we've kind of had this little bit of a break where we forget, for some fans, they forget the pain that they were feeling at an 0-6 mm-hmm. start. And they get a little refresher. They watch some of these other teams play. Some of these teams that have bad records that beat good record teams. And you start to feel this little sense of optimism creeping back in. And that's a, and honestly, that's just a chronic disease that Panthers fans have anyways, is that little bit of optimism that creeps back in. It's something that we're used to. It's, you know, it's like the, what is the Bane speech where he's like, you, you know, you merely adopted the dark. I was born in it. Like, that's how (laughs) I feel sometimes being a Panthers fan, right? Like there's nothing bad about it, dude. This is where we're comfortable. Let's just settle in. It's a long season, man. We've only gone six games. We got 11 yeah. wins now. We got 11 wins coming up, man. We just got to start rattling them off. <laughs> right. And it's like, it, like, it's not like it doesn't happen. Like the, yeah. like it, DJ was telling us he was on the lions last year. The Lions started one in six and they right. won nine games. We did right. it last year. We were one in five and we were a game. Yeah. We were, we were a quarter away from the playoffs last yep. year. So yep. these things, the Jaguars got a whole new coaching staff. It takes a little while, man. And they ended right. up winning the division. And they yep, like absolutely. the Titans started off seven and three and the, the Jags walked them down. We're only yep. three and a half games back. It's, yep. it's not impossible. Yep. We've seen it before. So I, like I said, at the end of uh, the DJ Tark episode, I just, just, just better be happy. I'd rather be happy. Yeah. 
be yeah, happy, we're, this happy this week. we're happy this week man we're doing things yeah. the thing it, it's fun man it's a good week yeah we forget that this isn't the end all be all we we still no. like i still i told dj i was like man i still you're awesome i love you yeah. like you're the you're the man. I, I just traded for you in Dynasty. <laughs> My dude, it's like, so, so like, you forget because you're so concerned with win losses and like yeah. what we're doing wrong and all that kind of other stuff. And then you're like, Wait, every other fan thinks this. My my buddies are Cowboys fans. They went twelve and five and twelve and five. They're four and two right now, and everything is the end of the world. Yeah, so like we're, we like, <laughs> yeah, we we suck. Like, and for them, know. they've got like all this pressure and expectations, right? Like for the rest yeah. of the year, they're just like on the edge of their seats and they're freaking out. Like, are we going to make the playoffs? Are we going to like get rid of our quarterback? What are we doing? If there's anything that we should feel good about, it's that we at least have a future plan here. Bryce Young, he's the future. Um, yeah. We're watching his progression and development and everything else on the side of it. Yeah, man, we want to win. And I think that we're going to start doing that. We're going to get into that later. But I, I just think that like we don't have this uncertainty right now. Because we know that the main piece of this team is Bryce Young, and mm-hmm. that's locked in. So let's watch that. Let's feel good about that. We don't have to worry about, man, are we going to make the playoffs? We're probably not going to do that. But we're going to yeah. be able to watch these games and have fun as a fan and see what happens with the development of some of these young players, man. Yeah, I mean, so, so, so th- let's just do this. Like, Think about the entire division, right? Like. Mm-hmm. They're already they, all three of those other teams have won too much to get the yeah. franchise quarterback, and also right. this this draft outside. I mean, I still think Caleb's the truth. I mean, he he's probably coming back down to earth a little bit, but he's still. Mm-hmm. I think he's still going to be excellent. Mm-hmm. Drake May. Somebody uh, the other day I watched Drake May versus uh, Will Levis stats. Mm-hmm. They're almost identical, uh, yeah. and. Drake and and Willis was going against the SEC competition versus uh, the the ACC. So, yeah, uh, and and that's no, no, you're right. And and look, I've I've never said I've never been a um 100 Drake May truther. I, I still think he's a really good prospect. And that's the thing yeah. is that when you look at some of these guys in college as prospects, that's a little bit different than saying that you feel that they are going to be great NFL quarterbacks. The problem that you have with like fans with prospects is that they start crowning them and championing them already. Right. Like the Caleb Williams talk is just crazy talk because I mean, he's still a college kid. He's still a prospect. He could do some freakish physical things, man. He's got a cannon for an arm. His off structure or out of structure off platform stuff is remarkable, but he's still a kid who has never played in the NFL and he plays against a pac 12 really fun to get excited about. But for our sake and what we talk about with this podcast and with this team, we're looking at an NFL player in Bryce Young that is playing yeah. against NFL competition. So yeah. yeah, maybe he struggles at times. Maybe he looks overwhelmed at the beginning of his career. That's fair, man. Like that's yeah. part of being a rookie and taking that step up. But what we see from him is progressions in the NFL. Whereas when we talk about college kids, they're progressions against the other college teams that are bringing in younger kids every year, yeah. you know, so yeah, it is a difference, but I, I know exactly what you mean, man. Like it's it's um it's it's yeah. a mad world in sports. <laughs> yeah, well, so, so, so my point was with that is that they're going to be too good to get that, that those get picks. That. Yeah. So so think about this: who would we rather be? Us who are we have a, a lot of cap room next year. Yeah. Hopefully, we use some of that on Brian Burns and other guys resigning. Um, we'll get to that when we get to that. We got the yep. Saints that are in cap hell, and they yep. have 120 million dollars owed to Derek Carr, who. Might be the worst quarterback, starting quarterback bad. in the NFL. Yeah. They have 
they spent uh, the Falcons spent like ninety million dollars on their defense, yeah. and they're all thirty plus just to be average. They did right. that all to be average. They wasted a first round pick on a running back just to be in a committee. They yeah. they traded for uh, <laughs> like they did all they they've gone all in right now. Does anybody think that they're gonna have be, have ten wins this year? I don't think anybody thinks that they're gonna right. have ten wins no. this year. And they're no. they're beholden to Desmond Ritter because who they're not gonna get, they're not gonna be bad enough to get a better quarterback. So I am not worried right. about the Falcons in the future. And then you got uh, the Tampa Bay. It's like what are you doing? You're gonna be too good yeah. for a quarterback. You're gonna Baker Mayfield. Mike Evans ain't gonna be there next year. Mike Evans right. is gonna be on another team. Yeah. Like. Who would you rather be moving forward? It's got to be a, the Panthers, and it's got to be the Panthers by a mile. So no matter yeah. what happens this year, you got to be excited about that. I agree, and that's the future outlook. And we also have reason to be excited for this immediate outlook too, right? We're zero and six, man. That sucks. But DJ Chark said it in the interview yesterday or on Tuesday. There's nowhere to go but up, and we know yeah. that. Like we yeah. feel that, we understand that, and that's the goal is to keep going up. So yeah. from this point on, man, those six games, those are over and done with. We can't do anything about that, right? Yeah. That doesn't mean that we don't have to have optimism about winning these next games and one game at a time. Yeah. And outside, like Minnesota, way better than people thought they were. And we were right oh, yeah. there, right there. And with we them. hung in with them. Right. Yeah. And, we, and right. we played Miami and Detroit. Like, I mean, as much as I didn't believe in Detroit, and I still yeah. have questions, but like, and we got them both at their place. Yeah. So, we're, 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 we'll see where we're we also, at. We, get, we also we also played Minnesota with Justin Jefferson, which they have yeah. done the past two weeks without, and they're still winning, beating teams like the 49ers, which, yeah, they had their own injuries as well. But, hey, man, everybody is playing injured. I don't, I yeah. don't want to make that excuse and say, well, they got lucky because, you know, Trent Williams was hurt and Debo. That's a big impact. But they hey, don't those, have those, their the best still, player. Right. Yeah. Like, right. Exactly. We're not going to do the injury thing if Minnesota nah, loses in this not situation. All. Not at all. Unless That's Minnesota exactly loses right. in this situation. No, no, no. But you're exactly right, though. If they don't have Justin Jefferson, who literally is one of the only players on that team that you would say, I wish played for my team. Yeah. If they don't have him, you can't sit there and point to Christian McCaffrey and be like, yeah, sure, they got Christian McCaffrey, but they don't have Debo. Debo's great, but that system shouldn't have to rely on that. They got George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, their starting quarterback that everybody loves, Brock Purdy. You know, Brandon Ayuk, yeah, dude, they're not hurting for talent. They just got beat by a team that we held in, we hung in there with. That's fair to yeah. sit there and say that maybe we aren't as awful as the 0-6 record looks at. Now, going into this stretch of these next three games, that's where we're going to find out a little bit more about ourselves, I think, because we're playing with level level competition in a way, I think. Yeah. I think that we're playing the younger, less um, developed, less less identity focused teams, right? Still figuring mm. their shit out too. So I I'm excited about these next games, man. Particularly yeah. this one that we have coming up right now. Yeah. Hey, dude, uh, real quick, real fast. How good is yeah. Flores? Brian Flores is so good. Yeah. He's fun. It sucks, right? that, <laughs> it sucks that he, what happened with him because yep. man, that defense looks awesome yep. and they don't have players at all. Like they, had, no. they he's, he's doing Excellent, excellent job. Well, we, we're Panthers podcast. Let's move on uh, to the Panthers. You know what? I was talking about this uh, earlier today. I do a, a fantasy podcast. And uh, do you want to plug it? Do you want to say? Oh, what uh, it's called FU Fantasy um, okay. uh, po- podcast. I guess it's not the name. Hey, of it. What does FU Fantasy stand for? Uh, <laughs> freaks, unlike football. I don't know. Um, uh, but 
we uh, <laughs> we uh, were talking earlier, and I was like, you know what this is? Now that Thomas Brown's starting to be the offensive coordinator, mm. this is McVay versus Shanahan. This is like, oh. this is. This is the two this system, a, huh? th- yeah. This is a, a McVay disciple versus a Shanahan disciple, it is. and uh, it is. and we'll, we'll get into uh, what I think uh, Thomas Brown is going to uh, do uh, going into this, and it's exciting because they're both off uh, by. But let's talk about real quick. Let's start do the news um, that's happening. Just touch on them real fast because I'm sure yep. people want to hear our uh, takes on this. Uh, yep. Let's talk about uh, Terrace Marshall. Uh, we we covered it a little bit with uh, DJ, uh, but he requested a trade. We don't know if it's – I'm sure you talked about with Mike. I haven't listened to it yet, but I don't know if it's him requesting it or Thomas Brown went to him and was like, yeah, I don't think you're going to be a part of this future. Uh, right. What's your take on the, the trade talks? Yeah, so my what I would get from what DJ kind of alluded to um, and in the conversation that I was fortunate enough to have with Mike this morning – um, it sounds like it was Terrace Marshall that asked for a trade, which, which is understandable as well. The usage just hasn't been there for him here in Carolina, which I think everyone anticipated it being much better with the new coaching staff. Um, but he also has been an incredible professional about the entire thing. And we mm-hmm. talked about that, that during the interview that he gave, and it was great to have Mike on right after hearing that interview, because Mike gave a great perspective of it too. It was like, man, it was really respectable. Like the way that he sat there with us in a scrum, I think is the word that Mike used with a bunch of reporters and talking for, you know, answering all of our questions and making great eye contact. Like the the guy didn't seem defeated. He didn't seem like he was checked out on this team. He just is also thinking about his best interests. Right. And for him personally, he still believes that he can ball and he believes that he can make an impact on a football club. So he wants to get out there and he wants to get his opportunities. I think that if the Panthers were to give him more opportunities with Thomas Brown, I don't think that there's any reason that he has to go anywhere. A, whatever we're going to get back for him is not going to be equal value to the player that he could be, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yep. B, our wide receivers aren't burning the the house down. Like, mm-hmm. Adam Thielen is balling out. We like the prospects of DJ Chark with a, a tweak to the offense, right? And he's shown flashes of, of production. But from a general standpoint, that wide receiver room, man, is not lighting the world up right now, right? They're not mm-hmm. getting open. The separation percentages and things like that are bottom of the league, right? Um, I think that Terrace has obvious value for this team as much as he would have for any other team that he could go to. Mm-hmm. So I think that there is a real chance that he stays here. Um, mm-hmm. I, Mike K mentioned that this would be a great week, especially for Thomas Brown to showcase Terrace. Not mm. just because, hey, maybe we can get him back on board with staying here, but showcases value for a trade. Like mm-hmm. if you if you ever have an opportunity to increase his price, it's this week. So yep. I think that that's something to look for. And you know what though, if he looks really good in the system, don't get rid of him, man. Keep him. We don't need to be yeah. getting rid of assets if if we can keep them and get more out of them. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's my the biggest thing I, I have with Terrace is he doesn't, he's still not running routes correctly. So the yes. only way you can use him is contested deep threat kind of player. Mm-hmm. So, which is, it, that is also very useful. And mm-hmm. t- so I looked at it, I was looking at it because I was thinking about DJ and like I was, uh, his comparisons and how we would fit in the offense. And 
McVay pushes the ball downfield. He uses so he uses the pass to set up the run instead of usually what Reich does is it's almost like Reich was confused with how to run a McVay style offense. It's almost like Thomas yeah. Brown came in. It was like this is what would work. And instead of using uh, what Reich does, usually uses his big back, and then he'll do like a couple with a, a scat back out of the backfield uh, kind of stuff. So he usually has like think about when he was in Indy, like Legarrette Blunt um, and uh, uh, the big backs like that. Uh, the kid from uh, Ajayi, uh, he had yeah, Jonathan Taylor, he had Jairus. Yeah, uh, um, he's a big back. Uh, Melvin Gordon, like he had those guys, and he also had a little scat back that did all that kind of stuff. But they were using uh, Miles Sanders, who I consider more of a kind of uh, Kyron Williams, Akers, Henderson kind of back that you get a lot of dump offs underneath and yeah. uh, pass block. They, they, they use the pass to set up the run. So it's almost like Wright confused himself of his own system with McVay's system. Yeah. So say that we're just going right into McVay's system. They pushed the ball downfield. So they had two, gu- two guys last year that when Tutu Atwell, and this is when they didn't have Cup, uh, Tutu Atwell and Van Jefferson as uh, top 25 yards per route run guys. They push the right. ball deep, bring the safeties back, sets off the dump, dump off to the running backs. Mm-hmm. So this year, Cooper Cup's fifth in yards per route, route run. DJ Chark is 19th. If yeah. we use these guys and push the ball downfield, which that's what Terrace and DJ are good about, that might actually work in this system. Yeah. And then you, you'd have to run um, uh, Thielen out of the slot at that point. Uh, or you could use Terrace, whatever, however you want to do it. Which that's what, that's what Thielen's doing anyways, though. He's, he's a slot receiver this year. And, and yeah. I mean, uh, Thomas Brown just recognized today during his presser that that's why some of these tight ends that we keep asking about, that's why they're not involved on a lot of the routes that you would expect them to be is because Thielen has been so productive out of that slot and in that same area of the field. Right. Yeah. But we've also seen a productive in a, in a McVay offense where yeah. Cooper cup is in the slot, but Higby Absolutely. and Everett still get a lot of targets. Absolutely. So I think that we have the, it feels like we have the personnel for a McVay style offense and mm-hmm. Reich is just kind of confusing himself with how he usually runs his offense. Yeah. So I am really, cause it feels like Thomas Brown's taking over knowing what to do where yeah. Reich was kind of figuring out what to do. Yeah. Um, so I, like I think, man. I think Terrace actually could be very, because all of his crossing routes, he's not crossing the right way. He's, he's covering other receivers. He's, mm-hmm. it's it, it just, I think Thielen can help him with that. It just, mm-hmm. it just doesn't look, uh, look good yet, but hopefully, well, hopefully and it's, it's also something, something that DJ talked about with using personnel from different alignments, right. And putting them in different places, exactly. for like the spacing of these concepts, the concepts will be the same. But just moving them slightly in the alignments, whether it's inside, outside the numbers type of deal, and using different players to run those routes, that's where the spacing can open up. And you talk about scheming up and creating separation if your receivers aren't capable of. And that's what we talked about coming into the season. That's literally what we are anticipating Thomas being able to do here by just making these subtle tweaks. Concepts stay the same, but you change up some of the fine details to it and, and like you said, man, Thomas is more comfortable running that system. If that's a system that we brought in personnel for, Thomas is the one to deploy that. And I think you make a really good point that Frank might have been doing his damnedest and trying to do a little like hodgepodge type of deal of what he's comfortable and familiar with, but what they kind of develop the offense to be. And that's not going full strength into what you are aiming to do, actually. So now yeah. with, with Thomas Brown taking over, maybe we actually see what this was supposed to look like, man. 
Yeah, because if you think that, so our big thing was like we want to bring in a true wide receiver one. What they yeah. really mean is that they want a Michael Pittman, they want a uh, Alshon Jeffrey, they mm-hmm. want that big body receiver that Reich always has that can be his possession guy. And I think that's yeah. why they were probably looking at Cortland Sutton a lot. Um, but McVay has never really needed that. Like, what's Justin yeah. Jefferson doing? He's not doing right. anything in that. Well, he Brand wasn't doing Jeff- anything. Justin that- Jefferson. Did yeah. I say? Justin Jefferson, he's doing oh, a sorry. whole lot. <laughs> Van, Je- Van Jefferson. Yeah. But yeah. what we have is we have a, a Robert Woods type player. We have a yep. Cooper Cup type player. We have a Brandon Cooks type player. Like we have those kind of bad personnel. Yeah. Miles Sanders is a lot more like Kyron than he is like Jonathan Taylor. Hey man, so, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you, it's not a bad mistake that you just made by saying Justin Jefferson either because Kevin O'Connell um, down there in Minnesota, he's a McVay disciple as well. Yeah. And look at what he's able to do. I mean, they've got, who is it? Brandon Powell is their yeah. third receiver. Right now. Yeah. Osborne, KJ Osborne. Um, now Jordan Addison looks like the real deal there, rookie wide receiver. And then yeah. obviously Justin Jefferson is elite, one of the best, if not the best receiver in the league. But he also had Adam Thielen. And Adam yeah. Adam Thielen is now here and, and likes this offense and likes Thomas Brown. He said Thomas Brown was the most impressive person he met in the building when he came in here to sign. Yeah. So it does make a lot of sense that there is reason to believe that this offense can click at a much higher um, execution level with Thomas Brown pulling the strings. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and man, McVay, McVay scored again. We would, would score. I mean, usually Shanahan's like always beats McVay and that's kind of like yeah. his kryptonite, yeah, yeah. but McVay always scores against right. uh, uh, Shanahan. Right. So, I, I like us to put up points this game, and I think we're going to be fun. I think we're, I think we're really fun. Uh, well, let's get. Let's, let me go back let's because go like, yeah, yeah. we kind of we kind of we kind of we, we we're on the right track, but let's touch on injuries real fast because we didn't do yeah. that yet. Yep. Uh, so Zavala was full practice. So I think um, if Corbett pl- plays, I think Zavala moves right beside Icky again. Is that kind of your assessment? Um, it wasn't originally. It wasn't how I was feeling. Um. Talking to Mike might have swayed me a little bit because he seemed to be of the mindset that that was the case. That Zavala, if he's healthy, he could go over there and start on that left side. Mm-hmm. Because of how impressive his college tape was, is what Mike said, being on that left side. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a more natural fit for him. Yeah, he struggled. And, that's, and so, see, look, it's what he's done in the league that gives me a little bit of pause on him being mm-hmm. the guy going over there on the left. Because when he did move over there from the right side, he has had a lot, a lot of problems. Like the failure rate for him on the left guard spot, way higher and way clearer than that right guard spot that he occupied against Atlanta, where he did okay. And it's also a different game plan, though, right? We operate in a different offense against Atlanta than we would operate against an offense that you need to score points to keep up with. Um, I'm cool with Chandler Zavala going in there. And I think for the long term, the development is beneficial. But I also do think that Cade Mays may be a guy that gets that look over there on the left side. I don't think that you put Calvin Throckmorton over there. It, I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know why I feel that way. I just don't think that. That's oh, a he sucks. Fit. I don't. Yeah, and I don't think it's a natural fit for him over there yeah. on the left side. So I think yeah. it's between Cade Mays and Zavala, and I'm okay if you want to go Zavala. I just think that it's also got to be one of those situations where if he looks as bad as he did, maybe you make a switch. You know what I mean at the half or something like that, and you let Cade Mays get a chance if if the game is close or or whatever the case may be that you're just like I don't know that we need to keep hammering this one down. Maybe mm-hmm. we try something else just to give a chance to win this game. You know, 
Yeah. And th- th- also, that's another thing I like about McVay, right? McVay, O'Connell, they're so good at running at the pass rusher. Yeah. And that's what's going to help you mm-hmm. uh, keep Bryce right up. Like, if they think that you're going to, if they know you're going to pass the ball and they can yeah. just get away with coming at, that's why Hassan Reddick was not as strong when he was here, is because mm-hmm. he would just guess a lot and he would just. Mm-hmm you know, get, try to get his sacks and they'd run by, right by him a lot of the time. Uh, think about what Elcano did to Bosa. He yeah. ran at him and he ran at him and he ran at him and he ran at him. So you have those two guys that, that theoretically on, on his blind side. Mm-hmm. And those are two strong run blockers. Right. You just run at the path. Absolutely. Yeah. That's going to help Bryce so much. So I do kind of like uh, Zavala over there, um, especially with his, uh, how, how much he, his, his, um, we, uh, his chemistry, chemistry, just I don't know how I got chemistry from that either, man. Like, yeah, you know, his uh, one that wasn't watching this that's just listening, Alex was just like doing like some <laughs> sort of like Cupid shuffle with his hands, and somehow I got chemistry from it. Holy shit, sign me up for like charades night or something yeah, at the YMCA because right. I just crushed that. Uh, <laughs> I, I like it is chemistry with, with Icky. Um, I, yeah. I, I I do like that, and um, I think it, it would it's going to help Bryce long term with that happening. So it's going to take a lot of pressure off of uh, Brighton, right. uh, our, our our center. Jesus, oh, I can't think of that. Would be Bradley Bozeman. Bradley Bozeman. Oh my yeah. god, it's okay. Oh guys, guys, my wife's pregnant. I'm sorry. Like I'm, Alex is actually suffering from pregnancy brain right now. Uh, oh, to be Jesus honest. Christ, <laughs> uh, all right, so we touched. Let's go like a little bit more on the injuries. Um, yeah. Mo, uh, Moten limited practice. He's probably going to play. Moten was, was probably a limited gonna... practice yesterday. He was a DNP today. Oh, really? That reports out. I don't have that report Downgraded to today. Yeah, man. Did not practice with a knee injury. Um, I I don't know, man. I, maybe it's a rest day that they're just kind of like coding a different way. But going from a limited participant on coming off of a bye week with a knee injury to then dropping to a did not participate at all status is worth monitoring going in because that would be a massive development if he does not go on that right tackle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joe Person looks like a vet day uh, for Taylor Bowden, who was on the injury report yesterday with a knee issue. Uh, Yeah, so it looks like a vet day. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that, then yeah. that checks out. And I didn't even look at that before I said that. Uh, that yeah. is great news, man. Ho. Oh. Thanks, Joe Person. Yeah. Go thanks. follow Joe Person. He's yep. great. Uh, and then, um, it, yeah, it looks like the guys that are out are out. Jeremy Chin sucks. Yep. Uh, Richie, uh, who yep. am I forgetting that just went to IR? Um, YGM. YGM. Yeah. So and we lost those loss. guys. Yeah, it was a big loss, I think, man. And, and, it's, and it's a big loss because he's obviously our best run defender on the outside of the front, right? Um, mm. He's, he's an edge setter. He contains, he also was getting decent production rushing the passer, especially from the, yeah. interior. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. they started using him in a way that we talked about at the beginning of the season. Um, I, I think that that sucks and it really sucks for him personally because he was having the best year of his yeah. career so far. Um, I think you're going to have to see DJ Johnson's going to have to play, man. It's time to yeah. take the kitty gloves off. He's going to have to get out there and play. I'm hoping that Marquise Haynes isn't too far away from getting back out there. Justin Houston is going to go from situational to prominent. He's going to have to start playing more. And yeah. that's that's risky because he hasn't been terrific so far this year. But overall, 
the outlook on defense is still the same. It's still that next man up mentality. We've been playing with guys that we didn't necessarily want taking up the bulk of snaps, right? Right. So it doesn't change that mentality, man. You still got to go out there and perform. Now, one player we didn't talk about, injury report, Xavier Woods has been a limited participant and they anticipate him being back. So that would be a really big boost to have him back there at the back end of that secondary, man. Because we have been struggling yeah. out there without our two starting safeties. Yeah, huge, huge. Uh, it looks like Von Bell's uh, playing Probably. as well. Um, it looks like he's playing. Tank Dell, Tank Dell, man, you gotta have an eye on him. He's. Did you say? Did you say that Von Bell looks like he is going? Uh, yeah, it looks like he was. Uh, sorry, I just changed it to uh, um, talk about the kid from Minnesota that we just signed. Oh, um, no, you're good. I thought that he was uh, DMP the past two days. Uh. Uh, let's keep on talking about um, yeah, while I yeah, bring yeah. this up. Uh, let's talk about um, uh, you're going to have to say his name for me because I can't say his name. I feel like an idiot. Luigi Villain? Luigi? Luigi uh, yeah, Villain? yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Honestly, I don't know much about him. That's the guy that we just picked up from the uh, Vikings practice squad. Is that correct? The outside linebacker? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the fun way to say it, and I don't know if it's the right way to say it, but I like to think of it like a Super Mario Brothers like villain. Luigi yeah. villain. You know, like just like okay. the evil <laughs> version of Luigi is how I think of it. But that's also just because I'm an idiot. So um, <laughs> I don't know the exact way to say his name and I don't want to be disrespectful and butcher it. So I'm just going to say Luigi villain is his nickname. Yeah, uh, you're right. Von Bell uh, did not practice. I thought I, thought I saw limited practice. Um, yeah, I that think that Von is still. No, I think that Von's still probably a week away from my understanding. Yeah, at least. I I think I think Vaughn helps us more. Just because he's just a, mm-hmm. I think he's more gets like the tight ends help. He helps the tight end guard the tight yep. a lot more. I think Woods is really need him with the speed guys um, yes. that can take the take the um, like kill us deep. And I think mm-hmm. that he's. I'm. I was always worried about Tank Dell, especially with you know Chen going down. Um, our corners are we're we're getting we're getting <laughs> we're losing corners left and right. right. And uh, right. Deontay Jackson is not uh, really looking. Right. That good. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think he's more important this week than Von Bell, specifically, even though Schultz has been great lately. Uh, yeah. But uh, I, yeah, I would love to have both of them. I, I think just having, though, even outside of the play aspect, right? Because I, I, I would probably feel the opposite way about like the coverage. I would probably feel that Von Bell would have been a better addition than Xavier Woods. But regardless of the um, play aspect of it, having a veteran and established player back there for communication purposes and for identification stuff is a huge benefit to this defense. Because Mm -hmm. when you have Matthias Farley and Sam Franklin Jr., God bless Sam Franklin Jr., man, he's trying his heart out and he's making some good plays. He looks like he is a NFL defensive player, not just a special teams ace. I can't say the same about Matthias Farley and his spot start. So getting Xavier Woods back out there is really going to take some of that pressure off of even like our, our linebacker, right? Frankie Luvu, that is just so involved in communicating right now out there without Shaq Thompson, without Von Bell, without Xavier Woods. There's just a lot of onus falling on the only established players out there on the defensive side of the field that getting Xavier Woods is a really big win for the huddle and getting people in the right place. And that's, mm-hmm. that's where I think I am most happy to see that back is its stability, right? And competent, adequate play on the back end of that defense. I just realized the reason yeah. I was like, why am I getting Le'Veon Bell? It's because 
I wasn't spelling Vaughn with two N's. Uh, yeah, it looks like it's not looking good. Uh, yeah. Vaughn, no. yep. And I was wrong. <laughs> All right. Let's not talk about injuries anymore. Everybody yeah, else. Um, no, that's it. Yeah, Steven Sullivan, like whatever. Um, so let's get into the offense and what we're looking at and kind of like the wrinkles that we already talked about it a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. what that does, what I think it does. Um, what I am nervous about, and I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, but Chuba's been playing really, really well. Yep. And, but he, I've never seen a, a back like him in a McVay style offense. Mm-hmm. He, he, Reich always runs to set up the pass. McVay always passes to set up the run or the uh, underneath stuff. So, I what do you think that the the back usage looks like with Miles Sanders coming back? So that's the interesting point, right? And that's what I was going to say is because you started talking about Chuba in this offense. The bigger news for me is that they say that Miles Sanders fully healthy was participating in full. Um, They want to make sure that he's not like sore or anything like that after participating in full. But I think that you can anticipate almost, and this is just my gut feeling. I would anticipate almost like a 50, 50 split type of situation or like Mm -hmm. a 45, 40 with Raheem Blackshear mixing in a little bit. Right. Mm. Um, Yeah. I, I do think that they still want Miles Sanders to be the lead back. And part of that is going to be the financial obligation that they have to him. And that Mm -hmm. never should be part of the coach's evaluation, but it is like, just to be realistic about it. Right. Um, I also just think that they think that maybe he fits that system because you were just talking about how Miles Sanders can kind of mirror some of those other backs that you talked about in, in Philadelphia, you know, and in hell he played in Philadelphia. Deuce Daly asked him to come, you know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. So there's, there's an obvious connection of why they want miles to do it. But Chuba's just proven himself that he's right, a more yeah. effective runner and he's proven that he can catch out of the backfield. He's proven that he's very solid in pass pro. I don't think that he's going to struggle in the system, man. I think that Chuba's a really effective ball carrier. And I think that one of his most beneficial traits right now for him is his decisiveness. When he can find a gap and he identifies where he's supposed to go, he makes one cut and he gets downhill. Mm-hmm. I do think that that's beneficial yes. for this system you yes. know what i mean i think that that's, that's a, a good huge point. part of it i think it's a huge part and it's something that chuba maybe wasn't great at the prior two seasons but it is a drastic improvement that he has made personally and i think that that does benefit the system so i yeah. don't have any concern with him operating in the thomas brown play calling yeah i, that's good I think that i think that he's actually going to possibly look even better with the yeah. sequencing and all of that kind of stuff being different yeah, yeah. I, I, so, yeah, I was thinking of like body types and skill set. Right. But man, uh, just thinking about, I'm, I'm literally like, I'm like thinking about Daryl Henderson, right? And yeah. how I was watching him. And I was yep. like, wow, he's so patient behind that line. And he hits that uh-huh. gap really fast. Yep. Chuba is the exact yep. same sort of back. That's like right. he's, he's so patient and he does more explosiveness. Right? Yeah. Yeah, more explosiveness. yeah. 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 No, that actually is a very good point. Um, I am changing my mind. I think that Chuba, I think you're right. I think that's that's a really good point i think he's going to be very uh, with the with the with the line with us the problem is that our calls were we were trying to go guard center in our runs yeah. which i think that yep. yeah exactly which i think that that's going to spread out a little bit yep. um, and not put a lot of pressure on um, as much pressure on bozeman and yep. it gets it lets icky be icky and i think that uh-huh. remember when i was talking about having fun 
and doing what your Let players, players do well. Yep. Yeah, it's like, wow, Inky is a really, really good <laughs> run blocker. Right. Maybe we should run. Maybe uh-huh. what we should do is, you know what? A lot of good pass rushers are uh, <laughs> are going to be coming at Absolutely. Inky. Yep. And those guys are, usually aren't good at stopping the run. Yep. So we should do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's a really, really good point. I, I actually, I'm flipping it. I think I like, I think I like Chuba uh, a lot more. But you're right, financially, we we spend a lot on Sanders, and if he is healthy, he, if he's healthy, he, he could he can contribute, man. But I, yeah. I just think that Chuba has earned the right for that to be his backfield at going forward, at least at least for the time being. If Miles and, comes back and he's super effective, and you want to go a 50-50 split down the middle, that's fine, man. But like, mm-hmm. it's sending a bad message in my mind. To tell the team that you can have a guy outperform the other guy for six straight games, mm. but the uh, ceremonial starter badge stays with Miles Sanders. No, nah, yeah. man, make people earn it, especially on a young team that's finding their identity. Make that be your identity. Go out there and not only beat the team across from you, but beat the guy in the position battle that you're playing with. Like, yeah. go out there and have a competition w- w- between yourselves in the competition against another team. Everybody try to be the best, right? Like, yeah. Simple thing, yeah. man. And man, and if, if this was Belichick, Miles Sanders wouldn't be playing the rest of the year. Be playing. Got to hold on to the football, man. Yep. Got to hold on to the football. His fumbles, breaking turnovers, dude. Both of them. Both yep. of them may have lost us the, both of those games. Agreed. God, man. It's frustrating. So frustrating. <laughs> uh, but we're a happy podcast. Um, That's right. So yep. uh, one guy I wanted to talk about, we should do, and we're going to talk about Brock. Let's talk about Bryce because the Bryce will move into uh, the receivers. I think Bryce looks good the last couple games. Like I think he's Miami's uh, defense has been playing pretty well, and they kind of we, we're, we're predictable. I think, um, and yeah. Bryce made all the right moves. He just nobody like I I, I don't think anything that he's done is his fault. I think he looks good. I think he's starting to take care of the ball a bit more. Um, yeah. What What is your thoughts on Bryce after the bye moving forward? Yeah, I think that that's it's it's a fair assessment to say that most of the struggles of the offense shouldn't fall on Bryce. I think that he's made some mistakes with the turnovers early. Um, we saw the Miami game was turnover free. I believe that was the first of his career. Um, he clearly is emphasizing ball security a bit more, but I think that it's not being hesitant. It's creating that ball security emphasis. I think it's seeing things faster. I think that the game is starting to slow down, which I know everyone thought that it would just be slow coming out of the gates. And maybe they think that everyone should be doing what CJ Stroud is doing. I understand that argument, but this is a whole new situation and Bryce showing progression should be enough. There's no need to go back and talk about him being fooled two times against Atlanta in week one of his first NFL start, right? He is showing that he's not being fooled right now. He's identifying correctly. He's getting through his progressions and reads relatively quickly. I do think there's still a need to work on that holding the ball in the pocket sometimes, especially when you know that that pocket isn't holding up and maintaining that long. Um, But from from an aggression standpoint, he's starting to take more intermediate shots. The deep shots still aren't there, and I think that that changes with the play calling. I think that you see some of those manufactured. I think the timing and sequencing of plays is going to make that a more realistic and attainable thing. Um, but you see him taking these 15 to 20 yard shots though, over the middle on the outside of the numbers, right within the numbers, you just see him starting to feel more comfortable. Right. 
And I think that he's going to be even more comfortable in Thomas Brown's offense. Those right. are two super like-minded dudes that have always had this like, just almost like conjoined feeling about the way that they approach the offense from a, from a scheme standpoint and from like a, you know, attack the defense and kill them with your kill them with the play that you have designed up, right? Like execute it really well. And if it doesn't work that time, come back and do it again at the right time because you mm-hmm. see something that can work. I feel yep. really good about it, man. I'm optimistic about Bryce and this Texans defense, man, they do have, they're not bad. They're playing. Okay. They're not giving up a ton of points, but they do have areas that you can exploit in my mind. Yeah. Um, Derek Singley Jr. is still going to be out for them. They're their top cornerback. He's not going to be back yet. Um, I think that if we have the balance of the run game to go with the pass game, that there are going to be opportunities for Bryce Young to really make some noise. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I mean, Bryce Young last last uh, two weeks around 500 yards, four touchdowns, and two picks. Like yep. that's an average NFL quarterback. Yep. Like he's not. He was he was in the hundred before the. Play calling was just kind of pathetic in my in mm-hmm. my, my opinion. The, the run game wasn't helping. The offensive line weren't helping. Penalties weren't helping. He was getting behind mm-hmm. the change chains a lot. Um, a guy that I want to talk about a little bit is uh, Tommy Tremble because yeah. he's starting to get involved more. Yeah. He had one catch the first four games. Last two games he has three, mm-hmm. and he has a touchdown. And um, he's starting to get more snaps and starting to be a bigger part of the offense. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing because I think that. He was important for us in our run last year. Mm-hmm. He was playing very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's starting to get it a little bit. What do you yeah. what do you think about him? Yeah, multidimensional, right? And maybe it's not that he excels at both of the dimensions of the tight end position of pass catching and blocking, but he can do both at an absolute competent level. And he mm-hmm. seems to be getting better at the route running pass catching aspect of his game. He had to right. drop against the Lions in the end zone. That sucked. I really wish he'd hold that in because I probably would still be taking a victory lap on Tommy Tremble. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I also think that with the tweaking to the play calling and scheme that they're going to run, I think that he also has even more value there because I think that staying multiple within these alignments and, and being able to have personnel out there that you can do different things with from the same look, I think mm. that he is the player that does that for us. Um, we know that Ian Thomas is still out on the IR. Hayden Hurst has to get involved too. And I, and I know that that maybe hurts Tremble's involvement a little bit, but I think that there's a, I think you're going to see an uptick in 12 personnel with yes. Thomas Brown calling the plays. Yep. They have, they have done, I think like 89% of their first down calls have been with 11 personnel. I think I saw that mm-hmm. stat. They've, they, they've used 11 personnel so much, man. I think mm-hmm. almost as much, if not more than any team in this in the NFL. Yep. Get to 12 personnel. When we've used it, we've been effective. That also yep. allows a little bit more with the play action. Seahawks are really good about that using 12 personnel and running play action. Geno Smith has been outstanding in that. And Geno Smith is an accurate guy who can read a defense. That's Bryce Young. Um, yep. So I, I think that if you can implement some more of that stuff, then yeah, Tommy Tremble has a nice outlook, as does Hayden Hurst and the tight end involvement on this offense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Texans don't scare you uh, on defense. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they gave uh, 25 points to the Ravens, uh, 31 to the Colts um, last yeah. two weeks. They're, they've gave, given up uh, 400 yards three times this year yeah. as a, as a defense. Yeah. And I, 
I I'm excited. I'm I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I think they I think they're both going to be really interesting in how they come up with buy, how they prepared mm-hmm. for us. The problem is that they're going to be doing the same things and we're going to something's really different. So, but they don't have the advantage of six weeks of film being called by our offensive coordinator. You know what I mean? Right. So, like that's that's a that's a nice thing for us. Hell. We thought that was going to be the approach going into the regular season by staying vanilla or whatever in the preseason that we were going to catch their first couple of opponents off guard. That didn't really happen, but we do have a chance of kind of making that right and doing that right now for these next three mm-hmm. games against relatively winnable opponents. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where I, I, where I'm, oh, yeah. No, sorry. I, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I was saying I would agree. I was going to say I agree. I think where I'm concerned or not concerned, but I think that this is the obvious point to worry about is the Texans offense because their offense has been running at a very, very nice pace, right? Like Bobby Slowick is scheming things up. He's got this offensive line playing really well, despite the injuries that maybe is one of the more surprising things for me about this Texans offense, to be completely honest, they have been decimated at their offensive line. And yet they're allowing 2.7 sacks plus turnovers per game. That's Mm -hmm. fourth in the league. That's a really impressive clip, man. CJ Stroud isn't turning the ball over. The offensive line is allowing sacks. The Panthers are very bad in generating pressure and getting sacks. So that's a clear matchup that favors the Texans really, really heavily. Um, I, I, the passing game with CJ Stroud, man, there's so much made about him. They're getting like 6.8 yards per passing play. I think I saw it. And that's six. That's pretty remarkable. He's, he's spreading the ball around. He's not playing safe the scheme is getting people open they have really quality weapons nico collins and tank dell are really good ball players um especially downfield man like downfield they are really dynamic and that's something that worries me a bit because the panthers are allowing opposing receivers to haul in 62 and a half percent of the targets thrown to them 10 yards or further downfield 28th in the league so that's, that's always, clear, a problem that's always been a problem, right? Yeah, yeah, that's always been a problem. And without J.C. Horn, it's even just more apparent because you're asking Dante Jackson and C.J. Henderson to play the boundary where Dante at this point in his career should honestly be inside, um, focusing more on, on zone aspects than being a boundary man corner. Um, mm-hmm. Dalton Schultz for them has been on a pretty nice streak. He's had three touchdowns in each of the last three or a touchdown. Yeah, he's being involved, yeah. And the, and the real weapon there with him or the real way that they're weaponizing him is in the red zone within the red yeah. zone. He's leading the entire Texans team with targets, but he's also leading the NFL in target share or percentage of red zone targets at 33.3% yeah. of the red zone targets are going to Dalton Schultz. So they have really got to keep an eye on that because we've also had a tough time with tight ends. They have mm-hmm. really got to keep an eye on Schultz. I think, especially within the red zone, but honestly all game, um, that would be something I would look for. Yeah, I think they, I think they came in uh, catching people off guard. Like their, their total yards, uh, week two, three eighty nine, week three, three sixty six, week four, four fifty one, and then it starts tr- coming down. Yeah. Week, uh, week five, three thirteen, and then last time they played two two ninety seven. So I yeah. think that now that there's more film coming out there, they're, they're chilling out just a, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be very helpful for us. The yeah. problem is their defense. Last two weeks, 447 yards, uh, 430 yards. Uh, um, the defense isn't locking people down. I think people are right. just understanding what they're doing. Uh, yeah. 
they, like you said, they got people off guard. Like I thought we were going to do, like you probably thought we were going to do. And we just, we didn't take advantage of not having any tape on us. Uh, And hopefully that works. Injuries happen, all that kind of stuff. We play a play. And and, and also man, just like D'Amico Ryan's just has that entire team playing cohesively. Yeah, Yeah. For a first time head coach, He's just got complete control over that roster, man. And like, yeah, they have bought in, like we said, like they caught people off guard. They didn't catch themselves off guard though. Yeah. That team believes in themselves. They, they bought into what D'Amico was selling. They bought into what Bobby Slowick was selling and and it's apparent in the way that they play, right? They had the personality of their coaches and that's, I mean, that's an impressive thing, man, for a young team like that. Yeah. And the offense helps the defense. Like, look, yeah. like, look, exactly. Look what happened to how I just read like the last two weeks and the right. last they're, when their offense their struggles, offense butters, defense right. can struggle too. Our exactly. defense looks good for two and a half quarters, right? And then our offense just can't stay on the field. We can't give yeah. them a break. Yeah. Uh, so I, we need the offense to help the defense, especially because our defense is beat up, man. They're yep. so beat up. Yep. Um, so we really need to control clock, score points, all yep. that good stuff. Yep. Um, anything else on defense that you want to look at? Uh, no, I mean, we know, we know the weaknesses are run defense and we know that the Texans don't have a great rushing attack. Um, so yeah. I, just, I, I, I'm curious to see if they approach, if the Texans approach this the way that the Minnesota Vikings approached the game against us, right? Mm-hmm. Where the Vikings had a clear advantage with their passing game and their, their aerial attack. And instead they chose to run the ball because they identified our rush defense as such a weakness. So mm-hmm. I am curious to see if they try to get Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary going. They, they mm-hmm. kind of had like a, a changing of the guard there last yeah, week. Singletary's, Singletary's I, I'm worried more over. about Singletary. Yeah. He's taken over a little bit more responsibility. He's looked more effective. I'm not like overly concerned about either of them, but yeah. I think that when you look at our rush defense though, you have to be concerned about anybody being able to run against us, especially yeah. an offensive line, like the Texans who have been solid. Now, they are allowing contact relatively early. I think I saw a stat that's like 2.5, 2.8 yards. Yeah, that, that, you know, that like, line ain't great. Yeah, the line isn't great on the on the run blocking. So I, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do from a approach standpoint because if they choose to go the way of the Vikings of trying to attack our rush defense just because they know that that's our absolute weakness, it might keep us in the game more than them saying, hey, look, let's play to our strengths as opposed to attacking their weakness. I think mm-hmm. that if the Vikings had done that against us, I think that that could have been a less than close game than what it was. I yeah, think if yeah. they did and, and done a little bit more downfield attacks and taking shots. I think we could have been behind the eight ball early on and had a tough time keeping up. And that is where I worry about the Texans because they do such a downfield attack, right? They really do mm-hmm. stretch the field and they do make explosive plays. Nico Collins is a big guy that can also run his ass off. Tank Dell is like, Man, I take Dell is the guy that I wish was a Panther. He's the guy that I banged the table for all offseason, right? And yeah. he's showing we why. We traded up for DJ Johnson, so we're good. Yeah. All good, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Bingo's going to get it. Tank Dell, Tank Dell would be like a 2 2 Atwell, um, mm-hmm. whereas I think uh, we're going to use Bingo like a Puka almost. Um, yeah. So I, I think that that will work better. I but sure yeah, so. I wish we, I wish playing like a puka. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Please. Um, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's was way less raw coming out of, of yeah. college uh, yeah. than, than Mingo. So we'll see. Uh, I, I even think, man, if we lose, say we lose 35, 32, mm-hmm. I think we walk away and say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm not okay with losing, but I yeah. feel better. Like I, I feel yeah. like there's a future because our defense is banged up, man. I, I, 
I will always forgive us giving up points because we don't have our best corner, our best line, or maybe not our best linebacker, but our oh, Shaq most might be our best overall. Might be. Just, linebacker. Just, yeah. I don't want to just call him the best, but yeah, sure, you know, sure, like, sure. A, a top linebacker. Um, we lost, you know, uh, one of our best edge rushers, two of yep. our best edge rushers. Yep. Right, we don't have our say. Like, I uh, know my, my uh, internet is spotty. Um, I can hear I would you say, now, but I can't see. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, sorry, my internet's super spotty. Um, oh, good. I can just cut that out. Uh, but it, it, if you're listening, I might have used my internet <laughs> spotty, and I just lost Ricky for a second. <laughs> and again, so we'll see. Uh, um, good thing it records locally. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and honestly, we'd be going for like 50 minutes. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so what was I saying? Crap. So if we lose 35 to three, yes, then yeah. I'm, 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 I'm sad. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, I hear you. Um, um, it's not necessarily like a sentimental victory type of thing, but it would be something that you can take and say, there's something we can build off on. Right. right. If you, if you're scoring points and you're seeing like a different offensive approach, maybe you feel good about it. I'll go a yeah. little bit opposite way there. And I'll say this, that, I think we've got to win these next few games. I, I, I want to see the fire. I want to see the life of the team come out and be like, look, we're going to win. Like yeah. we're just going to do this uh, yeah. against all odds. No excuses. All these other teams are doing it with no excuses. Nobody else has zero losses. It's time to get off the bullshit and win a football game. Right. You are so, you're correct about that. Ben. I 100% think that we come out and we win this football game on Sunday. How much money should I put on it? Um, plus, if you plus do, if, before, if you, bucks? Okay, so yeah, I would do a hundred bucks, and if you do okay. one hundred and twenty-five, you can mark me down for twenty-five of it. <laughs> okay, cool. I'll just bid money um, the rest. No, but I but I really do think, man, I really do think that we come out and we are we going to do predictions right now? Should we just do that? I was I had to stop. Yeah, myself. yeah, we've gone for a long while, uh, but this has yeah. been interesting because we haven't really gone into this in a while yeah. of all of life happening. Right. Um, no, it's been good to go through all those statistics and 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 yeah. where we stand and like what progressions we've seen from the past few weeks because we haven't had the opportunity to do that. Yeah, I I honestly really think that we hit the 30s. Okay. I think we win this game 31-24. Okay. I can't remember. I was just on Panthers on Tap um, on their podcast. Shout out to them. They're awesome, too. So if you guys don't listen to them, you can give them a listen. Um, I was just on there, and I honestly can't remember what my prediction was on that game. Um, I just listened to it yesterday, and I can't remember. I know. I, I, I want to say that I said maybe 27-24 or 28-24 Panthers. And I'm going to stick with that. I still think that we put up some points. So I'm not far off from you on that. I think that we do score. Um, I'll go 27 because that just makes more sense than scoring four touchdowns and only four touchdowns. We don't don't have a great percentage of our scores being touchdowns. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'll go 27-24. I think that our Mm -hmm. defense holds up. I think they allow a little bit. It's a bend, don't break type of game for them. And maybe maybe make a play against, maybe make some play against CJ, you know? Um, maybe even early on and it gives us a lead and, and possibly the Texans start kind of rolling a little bit towards the end. But I think that maybe we build a lead. That's a little bit too much for them to overcome. No, I, I agree. I, I think it's very possible. We score on our first three drives of the game and yeah. then maybe we like chill out a little bit, but I think we're right. going to come with stuff that they're not 
expecting. I think so. Too, uh, just kind of like we do with the, with the uh, Dolphins. Um, yeah. And then we, we get cold. hopefully we don't get that cold. But and, um, and, and hopefully you don't get Tyreek Hill in press coverage against. Yeah. You know, with the <laughs> so, look, I, I think that you're right, though. We came out and we played really well to open that game. I think there's stuff to build off there. I think that we have Thomas Brown that we get to, you know, add into the fold of this. I think that we come out, we score early and we put the pressure on the Texans. And that's something that I think Bryce will be very comfortable and happy to see happening. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think we see a Burns play this game. Burns does something. It's something. Yeah. I'm with you. What a contract play, man. You, 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 you want the contract? Go get it. Yep. Um, anything else? Um, we uh, said that we we're going to do something to end it. Uh, we want to talk about Mike K. Or we already talked about that, though, right? Um, yeah, check out Ricky uh, Ricky interview with Mike K. That'll be this. It'll go at the same time, uh, probably yep. in the next thirty minutes or so when yep. I get it out. It is a separate episode because it's separate like, episode. Okay, yeah, it's so, a short interview. It's like twenty minutes. Um, yeah. So check it. Really good information, though, man, Mike. I will. I will. I want to do a little bit of endorsing for him because I think that he is absolutely in tune with this team, man. He has called this a rebuild since the beginning when everybody else was extremely high saying that this was a, a, a win now situation. He's, he's preached caution on some of the things that they've said. He's, he's very open and honest about the messaging of the front office. He's open and honest about evaluating trades that have been made draft picks that have been made. And he really gives good information and good perspective, man. So if you don't follow him, follow him on Twitter, subscribe to Charlotte Observer, all of those things. But also listen to this episode because he gives some really, really good answers and information, man. Sweet. Awesome. Well, thanks, Ricky. It was fun. Hopefully, hopefully we don't get sick and anything happens uh, next week. So we can Wouldn't it be awesome <laughs> if this could just be what we do on a weekly basis? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, hopefully life doesn't happen again, you know? Yeah, uh, it will. <laughs> uh, but we'll end it the way we always do with uh, keep pounding. Keep pounding. <laughs>